right, yeah, get on with it. Woo, get off, get off, right, all right. By the way, we're talking about tech, and uh, thank you, Carl, for that session. But let me just tell you who's here. Right, okay. Sam Goss is the co-founder and the CMO of Comma Group. Now, to the best of my uh, knowledge, this is management consultancy, but really focused on data. Precisely, really. yeah, exactly right. right. But you're doing this around the world, right? Yeah, so we founded the business just over four years ago. Yeah. Had a, um, I think, beyond our wildest expectations um, in terms of growth. So we've done, we've done projects in the US, um, Sweden, Germany. We're based in the UK, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good story. But right, yeah. so I've got questions for you on this. Dan Mordhub is the MD of the wonderful creative agency. What a great name. We're very un-British here, so we brag about the people we're proud to have worked with, Dan. Paint us a picture, give us a sense of your work. So yes, yeah, so we work with uh, mid-sized organizations and global brands in helping them to understand the why in digital transformation. There's a lot of talk around technology, lots of talk around you can implement this, implement this, and the simple question is why. What's it actually going to benefit your business? How's it going to work? So without getting into buzzword bingo, we do a lot of strategy and consultancy work, and then we do some of the implementation work as well. Love it. The why. Very good. I'm coming back round because I'm going to say Melissa Snover is the founder of Nourished. Ooh. Nourished. Now, what is that you're wondering? Personalized 3D vitamins. Are you intrigued? <laughs> well, can't believe this. I brought one with me, actually. Here we go, Melissa. Right on band, aren't I? Yeah. I've crushed it a bit, haven't I? I was going to try okay. and tempt Drew to eat that, but don't worry. Uh, we're all friends. Uh, Melissa, have I, have I got the gist of that? Personalized 3D vitamins? Yeah, we use uh, 3D printing technology and patented material science in order to basically encapsulate different actives and make a customized vitamin for each individual person based on their specific needs. Amazing. Right. So you might have questions about this. I want to know the tech decisions you've made. There is one here. It's slightly warm, I will just say, but if anyone would like to try it, it is absolutely delicious and very good for me, apparently. Very good for you. This is no plastic. That looks quite plastic. That's made from wood pulp and that will biodegrade in 32 weeks um, and it's made of 100% organic material so it won't release any kind of foreign toxins into the ecosystem. Love it. So this is nourished. Right, okay. More in a second, okay. Drew Ellis, Andrew Ellis. Well, he founded the world's best ideas conference, Like Minds. That's that. Eye to Eye Digital and Agency. What a cool client list you've worked with, literally governments and, uh, and mega brands as well. And I try not to get distracted by the fact that, Drew, you have designed some of the coolest album covers in the history of rock. Um, have I got that right about Eye to Eye? It's, yes. uh, it's yeah, very much absolutely. an agency. Yeah, so absolutely. what else should we know? Uh, well, actually, let's just ask a music question. That's more interesting. Uh, who, who's the most surprisingly nice musician you've ever worked with? Oh, Dave Gilmore, without a shadow of Pink a Floyd? Yeah. Cool. Lovely man. Nice. Lovely, lovely, lovely man. man. But I've got, let's give the panel a huge welcome. There you go. I've got a big question for you. Right. Focus. What we need today at Elite Business Live is the one thing not to do when we're in this spirit of avoiding tech nightmares. So this isn't our top tip. It's actually the top not to do. Whatever you do beyond these hours with us today, what should you avoid? if you're going to avoid tech nightmares. Who's going to give me an offer? How about Dan? Okay. Let's get a thought. I'm going to be pithy with the thought starters and okay. then I've got specifics. Very quickly, don't listen to the tech sales guys. 
<laughs> half the room hates Ultra me now, version. and the other half are thinking, what is he on about? So the reason saying that is because it's very easy to get wowed by the technology. So come in, and there's, a large, there's lots of large CRM companies, no names mentioned. They'll have five people in the video conference call, and they'll tell you 50 reasons why you need their technology. Mm -hmm. And you buy into it, and you believe it. And Carl shared the story earlier on about the .NET development. Yes, we need this. We need this CRM. It's going to be brilliant. You come off the call. You pay a whacking great big license fee. And six months later, you're not sure what you're doing, why you've done it, how to use it, and has it changed your business. So actually, it's understanding the, the why in behind what you're going to get. So don't start with the technology. Start with what change you're looking to make within our business. Okay. So I've sat in hundreds of sales conferences with tech sales guys, and they're all great at what they do, but you need to know why you need it. All right. Well, some have a whole army. Some have a whole sales force, I gather, but uh, we might Ooh. come back to that. Now, Melissa, <laughs> what is your top do not? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit similar. Um, do not outsource um, a major tech component in your business to someone else. Mm. That is super dangerous stuff. And, uh, do you mind I've me never... asking if you learned that the hard way? Yes, I did. And actually, Martin, my CTO in the audience, knows um, we actually asked a company to help us build some of our first printers because we had too much demand and we ended up staying up all night for four days in a row putting them back together and uh, fixing them before they went out to market because they were all delivered broken so I, f I feel a bit of a right to reply <laughs> yeah. coming for Dan here because you were entrusted with some big agency projects so yeah, so I, I've, I fully agree with that. I think part of what we do is we try and empower clients internally to know how to run their systems and make it work. So I think, again, it's easy to look at the off-the-shelf packages yeah. or look at the big solutions and say, that will change my business. You know, but having that level of internal knowledge and internal um, leadership is absolutely <coughs> vital. So okay. I would agree with that, although we do build tech systems for clients. Right, Drew, top do not. Let's keep it pithy, get us thinking. Okay, um, just because you've bought the software doesn't make you an expert. So in, in the same way as if you buy a Ferrari, it doesn't make you a racing driver. Mm. If you buy Photoshop, don't think that you're a designer. <laughs> Please, you know, use, you, use an expert. Good, I had a round of applause at the back from one of our designer <laughs> colleagues. Very good, okay. Thank you, Drew. Okay, um, get us started on this. Sam, what do you think? Don't assume putting a piece of technology in is going to solve all your issues. Mm -hmm. There has to be some shared accountability. And you, to, back to Dan's point, you have to understand why you're doing it. And I think, I think actually a combination of all the points raised, there has to be that shared accountability between the people that are providing the service and the, right. the business that want to affect the change. Right. I'm coming back to you on this, but I do want to know, Carl, what would be your top do not? So look, I, I'm going to echo everybody else. But, you know, everything you guys have said, I wholeheartedly agree with and have experienced. So actually, mine sounds really poor in comparison, uh, but mine would be not to follow the trends. And from a practical example of this, um, you know, we, we've looked at instant messaging services internally and how we can help our teams collaborate. And the trend is to go with Slack. Mm -hmm. um, I use Slack in, I, I think, six of my businesses. But do you know what? Microsoft Teams actually mm -hmm. does the job that we needed it to do. Oh, this is yep. a great battle this is where of people, today, though. This is where people have a sharp <laughs> inhale of breath. But for the business we put Microsoft Teams in, it works far better than Slack ever could. And I think that goes across all um, off-the-shelf solutions. Rather than following what's cool or what's suggested, actually do your due diligence and look at all available options okay. and what works for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Sam, we asked Carl about things he'd do differently. And very <laughs> typically, humbly, he kept saying, I'm not a techie, I'm not a techie. 
So to what extent is that all right to be not a techie? Or to what extent do we all have a responsibility to self-educate and really gen up on what's possible and what's out there? Well, truthfully, I'm not a techie either, so I'm, I'm well, with Carl on this one. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, for, for me, the, when, whenever you're embarking on a, a tech journey, the, the points that have been raised are, are you've got to start with why. You've got to get absolute clarity mm -hmm. on the problem that you're trying to solve first. So, in some respects, for me, the, the level of techiness depends on where you're at in that journey. When, once you're... Once you've identified the problem that you're trying to, to solve and you really understand it and therefore you understand the solution that you're looking for to try and put in place, I think, I think then the level of tech savviness becomes important because you need, to be, um, you need the knowledge in the room to be able to pick the right solution for okay. you. But this sounds as if it could take quite a lot of time, Melissa, if you're having to gen up. I don't know how techy your roots are. Oh yeah, no, I mean, we, we build really complex, um, you know, maps of exactly what we're trying to accomplish um, from designing a piece of hardware to implementing a new system. We have our yeah. own bespoke ERP. Um, What's an ERP? It's basically the system that links our production into our sales, yep. into our customer contact, yeah, yeah, yeah. into our ordering, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, and no, I think that is really important. I think more important from our business is we have so many different departments. We have a factory making machines. We have a factory making food products. We have a marketing department and all the other rest of it. Mm. And they all want to use different systems. And it takes a really, really strong hand to say, no, we need a unified system. Right. I don't want WhatsApp and Slack and Asana boards and Trello boards and this and that. Mm. We need a unified system. What did you go with? Um, well, we use now Trello for our boards and we actually, I hate Slack. I totally hate Slack, okay. by the way. Oh, I totally yeah. hate it. Uh, we we use WhatsApp for, for, every, for a lot of things. I find WhatsApp to be extremely good. Um, but actually, yeah, we love Teams as well, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, Drew, um, you know, like minds, I think is wonderful because it's about the next big thing, the future trends, just wonderful ideas. But actually, I want you each to think about what's overhyped, what frankly is a waste of anyone's time in this room doing anything more than reading a piece in Wired magazine. The Miley Cyrus. <laughs> no, hang on a sec, what's this? What are we talking about here? What's this sort of wrecking ball coming in at me? <laughs> the virus. Oh, Completely. really? Oh. <laughs> oh, a bit of rhyming slang from Sorry. Drew Ellis. I thought you would know that, Ollie. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, there you go. Go on. <laughs> I've been busy. Um, so tell me, oh, right, why is that overhyped? Then it's very serious. It is very serious, but I think, um, you know, one of my children sent me a photograph of a guy in a gas mask at the Melton Keynes, you know, train station this yeah. morning. People are going to ridiculous lengths, and I think we all just need to calm down a little bit. Okay. Follow the government advice, be sensible, wash hands, bump elbows, yeah. you know. Um, because don't go has, to Italy. Because it does have these big knock-on effects otherwise, doesn't it? It okay, does, so it that's does. An interesting, cool choice, interesting. Overhyped, super quickly, please. I think one of, the, one of the, the balances we've got to find with technology is what's the balance between technology and human interaction. So you could take a CRM, for example, and you could overhype the usage of a CRM. We automate our emails every 48 hours. We email our clients with this, this, and this. But your clients are getting peed off every 48 hours because they're getting a rubbish email from you. It's got no value, no human interaction, no emotion, no personal touch. So technology itself and its usage can be overhyped. So you can put in a big system you know, or a, or a big digital transformation campaign, but actually 
actually what your clients want or potential clients want is a bit of human interaction, is a phone call, is actually someone to pick up the phone, send them a letter, send them a message, send them a text, that human interaction. Yeah, so, a lot of nodding in the room as you so say. So I think that, technology in itself can be overhyped, if that makes sense, without right. sounding glib. Okay, now we're going to shift gears a bit and get some questions in. So very briefly, Carl, overhyped. Uh, so for me, I would say digital marketing. So as an extension of what you've said, mm. I've, uh, we've certainly found in our business that direct mail works far, far better than it any email campaign yeah. that we could ever do. So, this, so forgive me, this is through the post? Through the post, um, handwritten envelope, handwritten signature has probably generated us in terms of revenue, I, I imagine about 10, 15 mil. Um, wow. Email marketing, I doubt they've ever been opened. Interesting, there you go, all right. Um, I mean, just, yeah, I mean by the way, yeah, can please I ask, do, yeah. Just out of question, do you, do you track that? Do you put codes on the bits of paper so that you can see? Ab absolutely, yes, yeah. yeah. So, so we have um, specific campaigns and so on as well. Mm. Uh, so we use the campaign that it's sent under to track the return on it. Yeah, because Melissa, I mean, it's easy. I mean, founders occasionally, certainly me, easily distracted. But actually, what have you decided to forget it? We're no, I there. agree with what they're saying, actually. We um, just implemented a, a program where I'm actually writing letters specifically to individuals that have been like really good followers, great customers, really mm. big fans of our, our concept. And uh, we're inviting them to come on site and see our factory and like have a day yeah. you know, to actually see how everything is made. So, yeah. yeah, and I think it's, it has a huge response, way more positive, and they talk about it with everyone. Um, yeah. Much better than a than a meaningless email. I, I never I even this. open any of those. I just every morning delete, yeah. delete, 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 delete. Yeah. Oh, it can be quite cathartic, can't it? I quite like. Yeah, it makes me feel better because <laughs> I, I see like 150, them. and then you can get rid of quite a few. Yeah. Sam, um, how worried should we be around really getting told off big style? That's a euphemism <laughs> on data. Um, because it does seem to be a bit overhyped, is it? Well, yes, but I, I think increasingly it's going to become more and more of a big thing. You just need to look at, obviously, all the noise in the last 18 months around GDPR. Um, well, that's my question, it, all the noise, but what's well, the reality? I don't think we're yet to see the bite of that yet, but all it will take is a few big companies to get hammered for it, and you're talking serious, serious penalties. And I think, um, I don't think businesses have quite got a handle on the size of the problem, particularly businesses, if you think, who have grown through acquisition, who have, um, th as part of an acquisition, also acquired data in yes. systems that they probably even don't, don't even know where they are. They're in an old forgotten data mm -hmm. warehouse somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the right to be forgotten now is, is not an easy task. And so I think you, you look at that, I don't, like I say, I don't think we felt the bite of it yet, but I think it's coming. But again, this we're talking about these large companies. We've got a lot of scale-ups in the room. Can we sort of, you know, duck down and well, get, get, get away from it? Absolutely, but I, I mean, we're, we're not a huge business. You know, we're a five million pound turnover. Um, I look at the amount of data that we acquire, and yeah. we're B2B, and we have a very focused set of people that we're going for. The minute you make that B2C, the, the volumes of data that people acquire nowadays, it's staggering, and I think if you're not equipped to, to know how to manage that data with all the new policies and regulations coming through, I think it will come out to Right, anyone else on data? Must do cautionary tale, Drew? I think, um, I think was it, is it yesterday that Australia have just announced they're suing Facebook around Cambridge Analytica, and it works out at $1,000 per person, which mm. equates to 500 billion fine. Now, if that happens, I think mm. that's going to wake up an enormous amount of people from the very bottom to the very top. Yep. 
Um, and as a small business, you've got to take responsibility for your data. Use the platforms that are using it responsibly. You know, if you use Mailchimp yeah. or you know all those sorts of platforms. And Melissa, this is tempting because in any yeah. business around health, I want you to get to know me. We want to get yeah. to know each other, but it's responsibilities. And we are direct to consumer, so it's to it's totally different than being an agency in a B two B. And we we can collect a humongous amount of data. No, we are doing it the right way. It's frustrating though because you have so many people engaged on your site and yeah. uh, we have a consultation questionnaire that allows people to see what the recommendation engine will produce for them um, and we don't say, contact we them again unless they allow us to do so so we have to ask them to opt in so the customers are going through a recommendation engine for yeah future to, products to, fi to figure out what seven in, uh, nutrients we would recommend that they have yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and a, and a fair percentage of people then buy it and that's fine then they become a customer but you know there would be it would be incredible to be able to continually try and reach out to them and and let them know but we don't do it we right. don't do it at all mm. um, but it is it is something that we constantly think yeah. about um, because yeah we have more than just like banking details we have information about people's health yeah um, so what have I just just out of interest because so. we're curious about this what what would have I just I've just had one of these backstage by the way it's not alcoholic is it there's there's enough for everyone <laughs> to have one by the way so <laughs> Everybody, don't, what I just don't be upset. Loads, like, there's tons. I brought loads, so you guys can all have some. We was made I supposed it. to chew it, by the way? You can chew it, yeah. It's no, vegan gummy. and uh, <laughs> That one is made of um, basically immune-boosting nutrients. So things like probiotics, <laughs> beta-glucan, um, zinc, except vitamin C. So, you know, because we're all thinking about... Uh, go for it. Try it. It's sugar-free. Um, and yeah, they're delicious. You should try one. There's lots of them. They are good, aren't they? Yeah, I'll try yeah surprisingly <laughs> good. That's great. It's like a big jelly. <laughs> it is. It's stage. like a big jelly. Um, and because if you eat your uh, vitamins inside of food, you absorb more of them as well. So it's better for you anyway. It is absolutely, absolutely delicious mm. and fascinating. Don't worry. I mean, Drew, with your background, you'll start throwing tellies around any minute. So uh, I'll say one thing on yeah. the data very, very quickly. I think that the biggest temptation for a small business or a growing business is the spray and pray mentality. I can buy data, I can get data, I've got Facebook now, and there's millions of people on it. And all we want to do is just blanket and send out comms. It's not relevant, no one cares. It's all about relevance, being meaningful, adding value to audience, and open up a conversation. Right. That is the, the smartest way, aside from the technicalities and legalities of GDPR, that's the smartest way of running a good data strategy. And on that, I'll tell you who got absolutely slammed yesterday in terms of meaningful targeting of potential customers, Twitter. Yeah. Two thumbs down. Facebook, much more love in the room. I'd like to know your view and obviously get the audience view and, and questions. Any, any sense of that with some nodding going on there, Carl? Can you give us a sense of that? Uh, for me, social media in general is something, whilst I am a social media avid user, I think it's the polite way of putting it, yeah. um, I'm scared of the data implications mm. of social media. I'm, I am very scared. Um, uh, and taking that a step further, actually, you have the power that Google and Amazon have over our personal life. I know I'm taking this on a tangent, no. but it is scary. Mm. It, it can be. So, but Melissa, bang for buck, best money you've ever spent on targeting customers? Oh, I mean, we our PPC campaigns are very good, um, but we're really talking about benefits for specific target groups, like women who are expecting a baby, prenatal vitamins. It's right. quite straightforward. You know, the that's PPC very easy to do. Um, Google is more successful for us than social at the moment. Okay, yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Questions, observations? Might be personal to your business at this point. Jenny, I see. Looking around, we'll get a thing. Looking around. Here we go. Let's come to Jenny Knighting. Here we are. Thank you. Great. Oh, can you hear me? Great panel, everyone. My question's for Sam. 
So, Sal, I've long been admirer of Comma and the massively successful growth story. If you could give an example of where data has made the biggest difference on your clients, what would you say? What would that client be in, and what was the difference? It's, it's a good question. So, I think the, 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 and this links into everything we've talked about here, and, you know, to do with the regulations and things like that. And, um, it's, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible example, if I'm honest, but you look at Natasha's law, which is exactly what happened with PrEP, where this is, this is the new wave, again, of, of data requirements that people have. And this is on allergies. This is on allergens. And, and particularly when you start considering bringing in the social media side of things as well, you, know, you, can, you can order food through Instagram now. Who'd have thought that was a thing? And so the, the requirement to get consistent data across now so many channels, and you've got new channels appearing all the time, is just absolutely key. So we do a lot of work with um, you know, food, food manufacturers and, and hospitality vendors where this, it's always a dramatic thing to say it, but it is a matter of life and death of yeah. getting this data right now. So I think when, when you can see really tangible um, importance in getting that data right up front, that, that is a really... Um, it just highlights the importance of what we do. Thank you, Jenny. Looking for other questions. Dan, I'd quite like your top tip on agency client harmony for anyone currently working with an agency. What comes to your mind? What do you wish you'd said to clients about how you're going to work together in advance, I suppose? I think um, asking the hard questions up front and asking yourselves the hard questions internally. Because I think sometimes a client can expect an agency to come in and you know, be Mary Poppins and you know, wave the sprinkles of magic dust and the business is gonna grow. But then you, you, you revert that back to a boardroom level and say to the MD, CEO, CMO, whoever's in the, on, the, on the board, okay boys, so again girls, what's the strategy for growth? How is it you're gonna drive operational efficiency in the business? I don't know. How is it you're gonna achieve these really super aggressive sales targets you've got? I thought you guys were going to do that. It's mm. your business. I'm, I'm here to support and empower your yeah. business. So asking yourselves the hard questions and then engaging an agency intelligently and holding the agency to account for the strategy that you've set them, I think is really important. Yeah, Andrew, would you add to that? Because, yeah, uh, no, I know. completely agree, yeah. And, and it's, it's built around trust, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't trust your, your yeah. suppliers, you know, your, your agency, then it's going to break down. So you have to be honest, yeah. upfront. Uh, and, and ask the difficult questions. And, and, and on these difficult questions, Melissa, take us to today in the life of Nourished. Biggest tech question you're currently facing. I hope you don't mind sharing it. Maybe we can help. Um, yeah, the, the virus aside, because I think we can all talk about having contingency, um, currently we are investigating whether we should put um, our efforts into optimizing and speeding up our current production machine or developing a new concept which we believe um, has massive potential because we only have so many people in the building that can work on that. So, mm. yeah, um, I think we're going to go with the new, the new machine um, because, uh, yeah, we're going to work on Nourish Protein to allow people to customize protein bars. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you heard it here <laughs> first. There you go. So, so I mean... Amongst many other things, it's a very creative business, isn't it? And yeah. Drew, I mean, you are a very successful businessman, but you're also very creative. Do you think tech hampers creativity, or is it there to really supercharge it? What's your sort of, on balance, what do you reckon? Uh, it, it can. I mean, going back to my answer previously, you know, just because you own a piece of software doesn't make you an expert, you mm. know, designer or techie. Um, so... The counterbalance to that is it's incredibly empowering. 
So if you are a creative person, you've never had the opportunity to express that, yeah. you've now got a piece of technology that can allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's, just, it's down to an innate skill with the individual. Well, I just think it can be a bit overwhelming when there's so many things available, yeah. there's so many technologies. So have you got any practical tips? I joked about you being our Sherpas, but mm. how we navigate better through what the tech options are without what was said yesterday as spread betting all over the place or spraying and praying. Yeah. What's your top tip, Dan? I think for me, I think start with the customer experience and work backwards. I say, I wish that was my quote, it's Steve Jobs' quote about 25 years ago, but you know, I'm gonna claim it today. You know, it started with the customer experience. What is it you want the customers to buy into, to feel, to, to experience with your business and work backwards? How does technology enable that? Yeah. For example, you know, so I think the old, you know, creative thinking, understanding brand, message, image, tone of voice is, I think, even more important in today's world than even than it was, because actually there's so much competition in terms of everyone is competing in your space, everyone's competing on your terms, everyone online, offline. So what what is it and why is it people are buying into you as a business? Mm. And I think those good old-fashioned principles are more applicable now than ever. And but but having said that, technology is a huge enabler to better reach your audience with that but it really does come that down to brand a lot of the time you create a point of difference you're, yeah you usp absolutely yeah and sam for anyone facing that sort of sense of tech overwhelm mm -hmm. how do we clear that so i think it comes down to being very clear on what you're trying to achieve yeah um so focus is key i think it needs good leadership because i think any any technology um initiative is as much about transformation and change as mm. it is about technology. Mm. And I do, think do you mind, Sam, if I object to that? Because what happens about experimentation? Having a little dabble with something, a little play. I'm not clear what I'm trying to achieve, but it would feel a bit incurious not to have a go. So I think there's a, there's a distinction between, from me between using technology to solve a problem that you've got and then there is investing in a culture of innovation as well. And mm -hmm. I think they are subtly different things. Because I think if, you know, it, it comes from the difference of <laughs> am I going to go and buy a product or am I going to invest a load of time and effort in researching to improve the market that mm. I'm in? And I think they're subtly different things for me. It's interesting, Carl, isn't it? Because we're drawn to, you know, you know, don't knock it till you've tried it sort of thing. But yeah. that can be very distracting. Yeah. So, look, for me, I think the, you know, just go back to your original question of the biggest tip that I'll give is we suffer tremendously from overwhelm not being techies. Mm. Um, and I found that the best way to counter that has been to ask effective questions of potential mm. suppliers. Um, so the questions, uh, the specific questions that I ask any supplier, and it really helps filter down the options. Is the product fit for purpose now, which is the obvious one? Mm -hmm. Will the pro product look the same in 10 years' time? And are they well-funded enough to be around in 10 years' time? And surprisingly through asking those three simple questions of any supplier of technology that we use mm. um, we've avoided a couple of disasters as well but is the second question a trick question will the product be the same in 10 years time in terms of fulfilling the same purpose you know okay. is it on the right path Can still do that yeah um, just now final few minutes any final observations questions might be something that triggers a chat in our lunch break I'm looking around here we go well, in that case, I've got a question um, for Melissa because I want us to be able to support you at today's event. Uh, who would you most like to connect with to take the business to the next level? 
Oh, that's really hard. Well, every single person in here, we're direct to consumer. As your customers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I developed the range of products because I am a busy professional and I was really frustrated with the way that the vitamin and supplement market works. You're all busy professionals, so in effect, uh, the target market. So I would love for you to try it and see what you think. All right. Are you on Twitter? Uh, if we are, I have no idea. I'm told I can't handle. So <laughs> well, I have that. someone who does that's this for me. My Kate. <laughs> LinkedIn is my favorite social media. Yeah, okay. um, well, but we'll yeah, no, of course you. we're on all of them. If you just type in nourished, you'll find it. Nourished, and it, it does pop yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Sort out the protein bars because I've got a really bad flapjack habit. Oh, that's <laughs> gonna help. Okay, so <laughs> good. See, we were right, Martin, to do that one. Oh no, now I can see a final question. Here we go. We don't. We haven't got too long on Jew's flapjack habit. <laughs> we are working on that right now, actually. Nourished cool. Kids, um, we're hoping to be able to bring out before the end of the year. Um, we're just working on the dosages with um, you know, experts in pediatric um, nutrition. Yes, so, yeah. it's just mm -hmm. not too much sugar for my six-year-old, please. We but don't have any sugar in the product right. at all. There's no sugar in the product at all. So. Good. No, I'd quite like some in the break, though, if you've got any okay. of that. So a uh, blue <laughs> pill or a red pill. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Neo. Thank yeah. you very much. In fact, to all our panel, that's all we've got time for on a brilliant panel on transforming tech. Thank you very much indeed. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Right.